Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman, and this is episode 16 of the quarantine edition of my show. And so today, I'm going to talk about the NHL stuff. Round 2 is seemingly coming to an end here pretty quickly, I think a lot faster than most people would have thought with the prospect of potentially no series going the distance is very real right now i'm also going to talk about canadian premier league stuff a little bit and of course the Lionel messi saga with his transfer situation at barcelona but i'm going to start with the nba because over the last week that was the huge you know it was the biggest news of the week i think by far and so trying to recap this whole thing is tough so i'm gonna do my best here but basically what happened is that on wednesday the milwaukee bucks decided to boycott the game game five against the orlando magic and decided not to show up and so there had been talks about teams wanting to boycott games like throughout the early parts of the week and stuff like that. And then Milwaukee just straight up didn't leave the, uh, the dressing room. So they did not show up for their game. And so that started the mass postponement in the NBA, which led to postponements as well in Major League Baseball and in Major League Soccer. And eventually, although it took longer than it should have, the NHL. If you're wondering why all these sports leagues decided to postpone and boycott the games, it had to do with, sadly, another incident involving police brutality and African Americans. So, first of all, I will say, you know, this isn't a news podcast, and if you really don't know the full story about what happened... Please go to a trusted, verified news source, not Fox News or any of that horrible propaganda, but go to a trusted news source, please, like, like a good one, like CNN's not a good one either, but anyway, go to a good news source and find out all the details about the Jacob Blake shooting. And once you do that, then you'll have more context for what I'm about to say, because I'm going to way oversimplify what actually happened just because I don't have an hour to spend on talking about this issue. But basically, Jacob Blake is another victim of police brutality in the United States. He's an African-American man who was reaching for his side door in his car, which should be noted, his kids were in the car. And one of the police officers, part of the Kenosha Police Department in Kenosha, Wisconsin, shot him in the back seven times. And amazingly, he's still alive and in hospital right now and is apparently stable. So thank goodness for that. But it is sadly another horrifying example of the terrible things police have been doing in the United States and sadly I don't think it's the last time we're gonna see something like this either but I know there's been a lot of 
victim blaming and a lot of, oh, well, he was resisting arrest and he was, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, all this other, like, nonsense. But, you know, regardless of whatever you think about Jacob Blake the person based on the stuff that's come out, regardless of what you think about his actions in the video, I think it is fair to say that someone who is reaching for their car door with their kids in the car shouldn't fear getting shot seven times in the back. I don't care what you think about him as a person or what you think about, you know, his behavior in the video or anything like that. He should have, like, there should be some level of restraint and expectation that police officers aren't going to just do the absolute worst thing possible when they absolutely did not need to in any way. They could have very easily handled this situation a million times better, but they didn't. And it once again goes back to the fact that the Kenosha Police Department is almost 110% racist. And if there are no, if there are police officers in that department that aren't racist, then they're at least complicit in racism because you can't look at that incident and what happened after that and say anything other than the Kenosha Police Department all need to be fired because they're all terrible human beings. And I'm sorry that that sounds so harsh, but for anyone who didn't hear about the incident afterwards, because obviously the Jacob Blake shooting triggered massive protests again in the United States, but you had a 17-year-old who didn't live in Kenosha, should be noted, came from out of town with a semi-automatic AR-15 and was able to walk around with absolutely no problems. And this 17-year-old proceeded to shoot and kill two people. So, somehow, the 17-year-old with a semi-automatic rifle was allowed to kill two people and wasn't arrested until the very next day and for some reason was allowed to let was allowed to be like let go by police the night of but yet Jacob Blake who was again reaching for his car door window gets seven bullets in his back I mean if that doesn't if you can't see the problem with that then I would like you to please leave this podcast and take your I am a racist sticker along with you on the way out. Simple as that. Anyway, that's kind of the, that, again, that's the simple version of this. This is certainly a discussion that could and should go on longer as far as things that need to be done to, things that need to be done to reform police especially in the united states because it seems to be embedded in that culture that for some reason they seem to make the wrong decision in almost seemingly every possible moment and it's really really disheartening when it happens over and over and over again but nonetheless why is this important to the nba well the nba obviously you know the players are kind of sick and tired of this because the league is mostly African-American and 
they're sick and tired of this just like you know every person should be sick and tired of having to watch this watch this on the news and just in horror it's like you know questioning questioning the morality and the sanctity of you know people essentially but nonetheless the boycotts happened and there was a real discussion about basketball not continuing this season and maybe fortunately at least in my opinion because and I, I know i'm super biased as a basketball fan but i obviously didn't want them to stop playing and i'm glad that the nba decided to continue playing but there was a real discussion about it not happening and on one hand i totally get that but on another hand i think what they're doing now by taking real action because for anyone who didn't hear the NBA, uh, in their meetings, when they were talking about the resumption or, you know, how do we go forward and stuff like that, they came to an agreement with the owners that the NBA arenas would actually be used as voting uh, polling places for the upcoming election in the United States, which is fantastic because that's a thing that they're trying to do to help limit voter suppression and stuff like that. And, you know, it can be really simple to, or it can be naive to think that, oh, well, you know, voting in an election is not really going to make a difference. And, well, you know, just voting for the presidency in the United States is not really going to make a huge difference because while Joe Biden might have more brain cells than the current uh, Cheeto who lives in the White House, that's not really the point about change. And, you know, Joe Biden's not exactly going to fix a whole bunch of this stuff because he's not he's absolutely not and people who think he's going to fix this stuff are very na are naive and i think misguided on that but what is important is about as far as the voting it's more about voting at all levels so it's not a, really about voting for president although i'm sure that's part of it but it's more about vote for your municipal elections to help make change in your own community vote in the state elections so that way you don't end up like florida with the covid cases type of thing like that's the type of thing that is important and i'm really glad to see real action taken by the nba players who wanted this to happen and so they're helping get the vote out so that way change can be made you know at a municipal level and a state level that could potentially really help people's lives type of thing it's not obviously not a you know, this isn't going to fix all your problems. It's not that type of solution. But any steps towards progress are good steps towards progress, at least in my opinion. So that was great to see. And the NBA did decide to continue. I think it's also important as far as continuing to spread their voice, because when you're out of sight, out of mind, it tends to fade in to the general public a lot. But with the NBA continuing to play, and you know they're in the playoffs and stuff like that it will continue to give a voice and back a lot of the perspectives that exist in the league and so you know it's not just lebron james and Giannis antetokounmpo and kevin durant who have these huge huge followings of people it won't just be them but it'll be like the 12th man on the blazers or it'll be the 15th man on the bucks like those players backed by the shield of the NBA can have a much larger voice and 
can hopefully help spread positive change in society. So that's kind of my little tangent about that. I'm glad they continued to play, but I totally get why they stopped at the same time. And so as far as when the NBA did kick off again, or tip off again, I should say, basically the Lakers closed out the series with the Blazers, who of course Lillard got hurt and well, yeah, that was probably curtains for the Blazers. Rockets and Thunder have Game 7 tomorrow, so that should be really exciting. Nuggets and Jazz have Game 7 tonight. I'm recording this on a Tuesday, so Nuggets-Jazz should be an exciting Game 7. Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray have gone shot for shot in this series. And so even though Denver and Utah might not be the biggest teams as far as like the name recognition, these two players have put, put on a show in this series. Clippers closed out the Mavericks, who sadly, Kristaps Porzingis, with his meniscus injury, was not able to play the rest of the series. Luka Doncic did absolutely everything he could. And, you know, it's funny. This series had a lot of... Like, it felt very familiar to me, because it felt like Michael Jordan against the 86 Celtics. And I know it's maybe unfair to make direct comparisons, but it felt similar as far as, here's a player who looks unstoppable who just doesn't have the team around him yet facing a championship contender. And, you know, in, in the NBA, it's kind of funny because there tends to be this idea of earning your stripes more than other sports. So you have to, you know, lose before you can win type of idea. And you look at a lot of the championship teams, right? How many times did the Raptors have to lose before they won? How many times did Golden State lose in the first round before they eventually won? How many times... Did, you know, Cleveland lose with LeBron before they finally broke through and got to the finals? You know, how many times, like, even you look at the Spurs, right? They lost to the Lakers a lot. And, you know, you look before that, the Bulls lost to the, the Pistons all the time. So definitely an earning your stripes thing, I think, for the Dallas Mavericks in that series. Milwaukee closed out Orlando in five games. Miami ended up sweeping Indiana, which was definitely a surprise to me even though I picked the Heat to win that series. Boston, of course, was already set to play Toronto in the second round. Celtics lead that series one to nothing. Miami won yesterday to have a one nothing series lead over Milwaukee. So second round will get underway here fully anyway. The Eastern Conference already has games underway. The West, we'll see what the matchups end up looking like. Houston, OKC, Denver, Utah, both going to seven games. And so the Lakers and Clippers are still waiting and seeing as far as their opponents. So that's pretty much it. That's all I have to say about the NBA. On to a little bit of soccer. So I'll start really quickly with Canadian Premier League, and then I'll go into the really big soccer news of the past week. So the Canadian Premier League is approaching the final two match days of the first round of the Island Games. So basically, there's eight teams in the Canadian Premier League. The top four will advance to the second round, and the bottom four will be eliminated. Right now, it is razor thin. Forge are first place in the standings with 11 points. Cavalry it has 10 points right now. So that's Hamilton and Calgary's team, for anyone not super familiar with the league. Pacific FC, which is like Vancouver Island's team, they have eight points sitting in third place. York 9 has seven points sitting in fourth. Valor, which is Winnipeg's team, sit in fifth also with seven tied excuse me with valor right now york nine is ahead on goals scored 
Hal HFX Wanderers, Halifax's team, they have six points, so they're just one point out of fourth place. And Atletico Ottawa is still in it, although a little bit more of a long shot. They have five points right now, sitting in seventh place. The only team that's been eliminated is FC Edmonton, which, you know, sucks to be Edmonton. But in reality, I, I think FC Edmonton, you know, Jeff Paulus, I think, was really... He, he looked almost really shocked about his team's inability to close out and get results. Because Edmonton, you know, obviously it was tough. They played forge and they played cavalry in their first two games those are the best two teams in the league and so it was always going to be tough there but then you know to barely scrape out a draw with atletico ottawa and then they followed it up with two more losses it was just always going to be tough Didich, their best center back as well he got injured for fc edmonton so it, it was always going to be tough you're losing you're pr probably their best player on defense and with that, Edmonton now eliminated. They'll have to go back to the drawing board a little bit. But the rest of the table, really, really tight going in. Pacific FC, though, has won back-to-back -back games. They look to be in really good form. Really like Pacific's team. They've made a ton of improvements from a year ago. Cavalry started out super well, winning three of their first four matches before losing back-to-back -back games against Atletico Ottawa and pacific fc so cavalry cavalry i think has struggled from the idea that they're not quite sure what their best lineup is yet because injuries have kind of prevented that to some extent they for the most part they've played a 3-4-3 in a lot of this tournament mo farsi's been a definite standout for for cavalry but i think with Card cordova being injured you don't really know what you have in him yet as far as a striking option. And obviously, you know, Marcus Habert, I think, has been okay in coming over. But it's just he joined the team really late. He didn't get a full preseason with Cavalry. And, you know, with Richard Luca not able to get into the country. He was the player they signed from Brazil. It was definitely a little bit difficult as far as attacking options for Cavalry just because... They were a little bit limited as far as the players who've been there the whole time, who haven't had injuries. And that's not mentioning Jose Hernandez, who's also been injured for them. And as far as other things, I don't know. There's not a ton else to go talk about right now. There's two match days left, and so there's games here in the midweek, and there will be games on the weekend. On the weekend, Cavalry plays York 9, which could definitely be very very important as far as determining who gets into the top four hfx wanderers gets atletico ottawa on the weekend you have to think the loser of that is almost you have to think the loser of that will certainly be eliminated valor will have to play forge on the last game week of the season so that'll be a difficult one pacific gets edmonton which in theory is the easiest game but of course edmonton could certainly be playing spoiler in that role Ottawa, though, plays Pacific tomorrow. Really important game. Valor and HFX Wanderers, if one of those teams wants to get in the top four, they probably need to beat one another in order to do that. York 9, if they want to get in, taking care of business against Edmonton tonight will be super important for them. And then finally, as far as the soccer stuff, the big news, Lionel Messi. So, Lionel Messi, who's still probably the best player in the world, he wants to leave and 
I know this isn't the first time there's been a rumor like that, but this time it's actually serious. So just a quick recap on the Messi saga. So basically, obviously, Barcelona got killed 8-2 in the Champions League quarterfinal against Bayern Munich. And Messi, after that, sent in a fax to Barcelona saying that he wanted to opt out. Because Messi has a clause in his contract that allows him to opt out of his deal, which only has one year remaining. And he could just become a free agent. Now, here is where it gets tricky. Messi's contract, in order for him to activate his opt-out clause and become a free agent, he has to do it by June 30th. Obviously, you know, it's September 1st <laughs> at the time of recording I'm doing this. But, you know, it's certainly not June 30th right now. Now, what Messi's team is arguing is that because of COVID and the pandemic, the season got extended, which it obviously did. And so because of that, June 30th was no longer the acceptable date because June 30th is usually like the end of season date. And so Messi's team is arguing that... It's actually should be August 30th should be the final day that they have to opt out of his contract versus Barcelona is saying that June 30th is June 30th. And so you can't leave. So that's kind of where we are. And I will be the first person to tell you that I am not a lawyer. And so I don't know who's right or who's wrong or who's, you know, who's correct, who's not, you know, what's going to happen. I'm not a lawyer. I really don't know legally who's in the right here. But what I can say is that Messi certainly seems to be very intent on leaving because he did not show up to his COVID test, according to Sky Sports, and he has not shown up for subsequent training afterwards. So it seems to be a very sticky situation right now, one that seemingly can only be properly resolved by him leaving which would obviously be a huge blow to Barcelona as Messi is the best player Barcelona has ever had and probably will be the best player Barcelona has ever had for a long, long time. As far as where he would go, to me there's really only one answer and that's Manchester City because number one, there are very few teams in the world that could actually afford to get Messi but also of the teams who could afford to get Messi, PSG really doesn't make much sense because Thomas Tuchel wants to strengthen in other areas. Not to mention PSG are kind of already a super top-heavy team and getting Messi would make them even more top-heavy and they're still paying money from the Neymar and Mbappe transfers. Manchester United doesn't make much sense because, well, their squad isn't really Champions League. Like, Barcelona has a better squad right now than Manchester United does and Messi really has no links to like as to why he'd want to go there not to mention Manchester United are currently kind of kicking their feet in the grass trying to get a money transfer for Jaden Sancho so not sure if that would work Liverpool clearly don't have the money because they they refuse to pay the money required for Timo Werner so there's no way they would do that Chelsea have spent a ton of money already and so there's no way they would spend another huge stack of money on Messi and then Bayern Munich really have no need for that because their squad is already spectacular and Real Madrid Messi would never do because I think he has too much respect for Barcelona so Manchester City that's the only team left 
Manchester City has Pep Guardiola, who coached Messi for four years there at Barcelona. Those were four of Messi's best seasons that he ever had in his career. And so there's obviously a connection there. Sergio Aguero is like Messi's best friend. He's the godfather of Messi's child. So there's an obvious connection right there as well. So Manchester City seems to be the only logical place that Messi could go from this. And to be honest, it would be quite something to see Messi as part of that Man City team getting to play with Kevin De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero because I'm pretty sure every defense every defense in the Premier League would be uh, absolutely terrified in a word. So anyway, should be interesting to watch how this saga goes and I'll definitely be talking more about this in the weeks that come. And finally, I wanted to end today the Stanley Cup playoffs. Second round is almost over. The Tampa Bay Lightning have officially advanced to the conference finals with a 4-1 win over the Boston Bruins. Full credit to Tampa. They're trying to erase their choker label. And they got a good shot at doing it because they're down into... They need to win two more series to win the Stanley Cup. Their likely opponent, the New York Islanders, who... Despite the fact I doubted them the entire time, I didn't doubt them against the Flyers. I actually thought they could win this one. And so the one time that I don't doubt them, they certainly make me look smarter than when they made me look stupid. But I, I think overall, the Islanders have been such a nice story of this NHL playoff so far. It's obviously not done yet. They have a 3-1 lead in the series over the Philadelphia Flyers, but I think the Islanders will close it out. Their goaltending's been great. Their coaching's been great. Their team play has been fantastic. They've been getting great production out of their top players. All-around great job by the New York Islanders. They've been certainly the best story, I think, of the teams remaining, for sure. Vegas, meanwhile, has a pretty comfortable 3-1 lead over Vancouver. Vancouver, it's just, you know, team looks a little bit outmatched. And there's no shame in that. The Canucks, I think, took a lot of steps forward this year. They should be proud regardless of how the series finishes against Vegas. And then the shocking one, Colorado was my team to win the whole thing. And they're down 3-2 to two to the Dallas Stars. So Colorado's just not gotten goaltending. And that's pretty much why they're down. And so I hope, I still think Colorado can come back. I kind of hope they come back. But credit to Dallas for taking advantage of a poor goaltending situation. And we'll see if they can close it out as we move on to the conference finals. That's it. That's all I got for today. I want to thank everybody for listening in. And once again, be happy, be healthy, and stay safe.